Okay, so if you're dealing with a lot of stress, this message will really help you. If you're dealing with a lot of stress, if you feel as if you're unfulfilled, maybe you had your birthday recently and you look back and you just were a bit sad. And I know what that feeling is. This, you're like, this is not what I thought I would be right now. I know what that feeling is and I understand that we're going to speak into that today. So if you feel a bit unfulfilled, you feel sad, you, you have a lot of stress going on in your life, one of the major things you will notice is that when people have this, People always think that maybe something is wrong sometimes it could be something wrong but stress is an emotional sign that you're out of balance it may just be the fact that you are devoting too much to one side third john verse 2 says beloved i wish above all things that you may prosper even as you're so prosper so what does the bible say the bible is emphasizing a lot of things the bible is emphasizing balance growth God says that I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be doing well and your marriage is in trouble. God says I don't want you to be, you know, doing well and your health is in trouble. What God wants for us is this, that your health is doing fine, your career is doing fine, your relationship is doing fine. God doesn't want us to have a butt in your life. God wants it to be all around glory. That's what God wants, all around glory. But most of the time, balance is a problem for people. So you see a lot of people that are very rich, but their kids are not doing well. You see a lot of people that are doing so well, but they are yet to get married. You see a lot of people that are married and are doing well, but their marriage is in trouble. And there's a lack of balance there. So the question is that, what is the cost of lack of balance? The reason why there's lack of balance most of the time is because the same energy we give to growth in that area that is growing, we do not give to growth in the area that is what not growing. I'll give an example. So you will notice someone that is doing well in his career, he would begin, I learned this from when I was young, I mean I was a, I was a young child, I noticed I loved to play with math because math was my best subject. I loved to play with math and guess what? The more I did math, the stronger I grew in mathematics. But there were subjects I did not like, I didn't like chemistry, I hated biology, you know, chemistry, I didn't like all those chemical words, like, you know, all those chemical tables you had to cram it was just so difficult for me you know i know that for some of you here it's everything's always easy for you thank god for your life you know but i'm human i know that you are from an alien praise the lord you know it, we human beings go through normal struggles praise the lord so i just I, I just you know kind of struggle with that and you know back to back to what i was saying um balance was just key for me but I noticed that the areas I did so well was the areas I was investing a lot of energy. So if you're not doing well in an area, instead of you feeling frustrated, angry, you need to ask yourself that, am I investing enough in this area like the areas I'm doing so well? But God wants to do so well. But now, when God talks about balance, balance is more than you having a healthy family. You know, so let me say this, this, let me say this quickly and I will, I will just destroy the table. You know when we have single seminar, guess who does not come? The singles that need it. That's the truth. The, the real singles that need it don't come. And you wonder why. Then the ones that are almost getting married that already really have no problem are the ones that show up. The same thing. The, the same thing. When you have financial seminar, guess who doesn't come? The person that doesn't have money. And they do not realize that the reason 
Because the reason why things are getting worse, watch this now. The reason why things are getting worse is that they are not pushing enough energy. And I understand, sometimes it's because they've tried and tried and tried and tried. And that's not worked. Now they've given up. But the point is that you cannot give up until you die. Glory to God. If you have an addiction seminar, who does not attend? Everybody that has an addict. The ones that don't have addicts attend, hoping that they don't get there. Then the ones that have addictions never attend. If you're going to see drastic results, you must learn that anywhere you invest energy, that's where you're going to have results. Life works on the principle of input and output. So, you know, life works, and, and that's why, can, can I, can we, can we talk? All of you that, you know, maybe you're young or maybe you're old, whatever you are, just remember that life works on input and output. When young people abuse older people, just remember one day you become old. That's the truth. You will become old. You are not as young as you used to be. Because now you look fly, everything looks okay, you are so strong, you have six, you know, biceps, you have muscle, you have all of those things. One day the muscles will go, the pot belly will come out. The breast will fall. Someone said, Jesus, that's the truth. <laughs> At the stage when my mother was alive, she just even, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, when my mother was alive, she just say, I'm like, co -co -co -co, my mom, co -co -co. Said, come in. I'm like, mommy, I'm not dressed. Said, you sit down, talk to me, what do you want? I'm like, oh, wow, that's like, oh, my God. I'm like, mom, you know, but they're just old. Just old. And the reason I'm saying so is that when you're young, just learn to really be polite to older people. Simple thing like, good afternoon, auntie. Good afternoon, uncle. Greets. You may have more energy, but they have more wisdom. Greets. I mean, I was somewhere and I saw an older lady coming in. I think maybe it was a transportation. And I said, can you get up and let me sit down? And she was like, wow, where were you raised? I said, that's what should happen. We can't lose our manners because we are becoming contemporary. Even in church, you just see, you just see, some of them just walk past an older man. Great. Then the next thing I will say is that learn to build relationship for the future. All these TikTok, Instagram followers, they are not following you anywhere. Learn to build relationship for the future. Carry your things. Go and greet your uncles. Go and greet your aunties. Sit down and have conversation. You know the problem with young people? I know say nobody wants to help us. The reason why they never want to help you is this. Because when it was time for you to sow the seed of just building the relationship, you didn't. Now you are in need. You want to pluck from it. You now begin to say, after all, my parents helped you. They helped your parents back. But that's not your own seed. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God. So back to the life of balance. So how does God view balance? So as we are talking about balance family, balance this, balance that, God views balance in a different way. God looks at balance from a spiritual perspective. What's a spiritual perspective? God goes, all your own hurt is wonderful. But what about eternity? How are you living for this life? And the reason I'm saying so is that a lot of people live and they're thinking about just now. So you hear them say, I'm the MD of this, I'm the this of that, I'm the this of this, I'm the this of that. That's really wonderful. But the question I want to ask you is, is when you get to heaven, will all those things matter? Those things do not matter. 
because what happened in balances is you've done so much for yourself in your physical life but in the things that have heavenly reward you've not done for yourself and that's why as a pastor it is my job either you like or you do not like to be able to remind you that this world doesn't end here so that you don't consume all your resources on things that will perish the reason why is that a day is going to come you're going to close your eyes and open it on the other side of eternity and you will stand before god and when you stand before god the question is this what did you do for me not what you do for your career not for your business but for your marriage what did you do for me and the reason why i'm saying so is that revelation chapter 2 verse 9 let, let, let's go jesus christ oh, revelation chapter 2 verse 9 this is amazing revelation chapter 2 verse 9 see what jesus christ said here his words i know your works and tribulations and poverty now that confused me he says your poverty and he says you are rich oh wow you are rich but he says you're poor you know why he said so because materially they were poor this church this church folks they didn't have the cars they didn't have the suvs they couldn't they couldn't travel to paris at the instance they couldn't go on vacation they were poor but the bible says you are rich how can you be rich and you'll be poor the reason why he said so he says in the things that is physical you're poor but in the things of the spirit another thing we measure you're rich wow that's why it's possible to be rich online and poor physically same way it's possible to be rich physically and poor spiritually remember the story of lazarus and the rich man when the rich man was here the rich man was to be large he was rich but it was poor spiritually as soon as it crossed to eternity his poverty began to stain in the face the balance is that be rich physically and be rich spiritually oh, wow what about lazarus lazarus also was not balanced you know why lazarus was rich spiritually but was poor physically the balance is this be rich physically and be rich what spiritually but guess what lazarus his wealth in the realm of the spirit paid off when it goes to the other side then when it goes to the other side all of a sudden the rich man became poor and the poor man became rich it says i know your works and tribulation and poverty he said though from a perspective you are rich question ever look at me just look at me one minute if god looks at you are you rich or wretched you know, if I look at you, I look at, I look at your treasure, be like hounds. I look at the forex you have. I look at how people lose money. You have. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, you are sophisticated. But when God, you know, because I see you as human to human. I look at you. I look at, oh my God, look at that girl. Two million followers on social media. But when God looks at you, does he think you're rich? Or he thinks you are not just poor, wretched. And, and the reason I'm saying so to you is that if it crosses your mind that from God's perspective I'm wretched you have the opportunity to begin to build spiritual worlds today and unfortunately a lot of people are wretched in the spirit let me show you in the Bible Revelations chapter 3 guess the people that, 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 that are so proud the people that are spiritually Revelation chapter 3 verse 16 people that are wretched spiritually they're so proud you, you, you're quick to say do you know how many followers I have? Do you know why I stay? Oh, 
know, I tra- I've, traveled, I've traveled to 24 countries. And you boast in your wretchedness. See what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 verse 16. It says, So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold on earth, as I was put out of my mouth, verse 17, he says, Because you say, what do you say? Say it out loud with me. What's the next word? He says, I'm rich, and increase with goods, and have need of nothing. And God says, And you do not know that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, and you are blind. The question is that whose perspective do you want to manage? Your friends or God? Because many of you, the, the way you carry this Louis Vuitton bag, eh? Like, you know, you now wear LV shoes and the product glasses. See, I'm not saying that's wrong. But if all that, if that is all the investment you have, you have, you, uh, yeah, your account is not balanced. What is in your spiritual account? What is in your spiritual account? You can't be driving a Range Rover, driving a G-Wagon, and your spiritual account is empty. The same way, physically, your account is heavy here. Let your account be heavy in heaven. Look at him and say, let your account be heavy in heaven. Have you had, have you had, this is wrong though, have you had a, cost, a, a friend that works in the bank, and you guys have a mutual friend, or someone was toasting you, and you were struggling, you can say, hey, that guy is loaded though. His account, eh? His account, eh? What was it? His account is. His account is a moving. His account is. His account breathes. His account breathes like he's a living soul. I'm saying, when will angels start talking about you? That angel, Michael would tell him and say, hey. Blessing, this little account. Even my kid is jealous of you. Don't just make men jealous of you, make angels jealous of you. Glory to God. So the question now is that, okay, okay, Pastor, I know (laughs) some people, their account is that they're handsome. That's even the one I don't understand. They're like, (laughs) fine boy, no pimples, like all dimples, hell shining. Really? Really? At 45? You're boasting, of, you know, you're boasting about how you look. My boast is in the cross. My boast is in the cross. In the finished work of Christ and Christ alone. Because sometimes you, you become, you'll be like, uh-uh. Can't you see fair skin girl, slim body, booty on the side? You know, and when you see all those things, you know, I'm like, the one that gave you the body, what have you done with it? When he gave you the body, you think it was for TikTok. He had a bigger purpose. Someone say thank you, Jesus. He says, you're rich. He said, you say you are rich. You say you are beautiful. He said, you are ugly. You are naked. You are naked. God says, and if God says you are naked, you are naked. It doesn't matter what you wear. You are naked. Naked. Strip naked. So how do I begin to build for eternity? That's the question. Let's go ahead. 
It's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The way you begin to be for eternity is that the same way you pay attention and you shop right and you design right and you do this right and you work well on your business and you work well on your marriage and your family. Can you begin to work on the things of God that way? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. See what the Bible says. It said, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. But guess what? Next line, let's read one to go. And he that what? Winneth soul is wise. Say, it says all the time you're winning souls, inviting someone to church. To people outside, why are you stressing? Like, it's bad enough you go to church. Because, why are you stressing? Because we understand, listen to me, we understand that the way we make spiritual investment is by soul winning. So he says, we may look foolish to you. We don't blame you because you think we, we don't understand. That's fine. But I say, he that winneth soul is wise. Why? Every time we're winning soul, we're planning for our eternal future. Because when you get to heaven, Jesus will not say, what clothes did you have? How many people came to your wedding? He will say, how many souls did you win for me? So the question is that someone says, Pastor, I really want to win souls, but I'm not passionate about it. How do I, how do I become passionate about this? I'm, I'm going to, something, I, I saw something yesterday that destroyed everything for me. And it's this picture of this ch lady from Chibok. This Chibok picture, it, it really it ruined everything for me. Can you put on the picture one minute? And I saw this picture and said, Chibok girl wears Kiboko Haram gets engaged in the U.S. And, and when I saw it initially, <laughs> I was like, oh, good for her. And the Holy Spirit began to draw me. I said, well, Lord, oh, she got engaged. What's my business with that? You know. Okay, maybe it's an NLP testimony. Let's look at it. Maybe she was praying in NLP. Then, then it occurred to me what God was saying. Let me tell you something. The only reason why this does not mean anything to you is because you still do not realize that there are over 100 girls still held in Chibok captivity till now. Show, show them. Show, show the next picture. There are over 100 girls still held. They are still missing. And you know what? As soon as that girl's picture came out that she got engaged, if you are connected to them, either you're their father you're their mother, you're their brother, you're their sister, you will go into an emotional roller coaster because you are asking yourself that a dead child is better than a missing child. And the reason why that picture didn't mean anything was because I was not that connected. The reason why you people's winning souls don't mean nothing to you is because you are not connected to know that God is saying that my souls are missing. My sons are missing. My sons are missing. I didn't create them to follow darkness. My sons are missing. How many mothers do I have in the house today? Mothers, fathers. If you have a child, raise up your hands. If you have a child, raise up your hand. Just raise up your hands. I want to. Yeah, give, 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 give her the microphone. Just, you can have your seat. T tell me the first two, their names. You, you need to help with the microphone, yeah? David and Darissa. If something happened that Darissa's go missing, what, what will happen to you? I'll be an emotional wreck. I'll start shouting. <laughs> what? I'll start shouting, start looking for her, you know. Is that how you'll be looking for what will happen? Hey, <laughs> I want to ask you, when they say you have contract, will you, what will you say? Ah, my child is missing, oh, help me, oh. At that moment, contract does not matter. Yes. If, if your husband says, let's have sex. Eh? 
serious matters because her child is missing. The reason why she feels that way because it's a child. No wonder God feels so much about souls that are lost. No wonder God is concerned about people that don't come to church because he says, I made them not to go to hell. I was trying to be the family. Don't let Satan take them. Let me get, can I get another mother that, that's going to tell me what, what another mother or father? Any other father here that will take you cool and calm? You know, your child just got me. It's, it's okay. It's the will of God. Let's go. You know. If your child, what's, what's your child's name? Praise the Lord. His name is David. His name is David. Yes. How old is he? It's going to be a year on Friday. Just imagine, God forbid, this will never happen in Jesus' name. On Monday, you get home from work and they say, David is missing. What will happen to you? It's like the world has come to an end. The world? My world has come to an end. Say, my world has come to an end. It's not, not how God feels when he sees people that are far from him and God is saying, what can I do? To reach these people. The reason, let me tell you, the reason we don't feel about the soul because because it seems like other people's children. But one of the prayers you have to pray for yourself is that God will break your heart with what breaks his own heart. It's a divine experience when, when your heart is meshed with God's heart, and as God's heart is broken, your heart is broken. When I saw that picture of the cheap girls, I said, Oh my god. Initially, I, I couldn't feel it. But as soon as that information came out, news and tears would have broken out in several areas of the Chibok community. Mothers would have thrown themselves in the air, broken their legs as they landed on the floor. Fathers would have gone into BP shock as their blood pressure rose. And the reason why is that they, they are saying that my child is missing. And God is saying that my people are lost. My people are lost. Not because they want to, but they are lost. And some people think that, you know, you know, don't we, are we not pushing it too much? How can we push it too much when souls are perishing? We're not pushing it too much. And I know that some of you are like, you know, I think I'm going to talk to you here about, about this kind of, I want God to bless me. That's the problem with this kind of new generation with Christianity. When you want to use God to get married, you want to use God to make money, you want to use God to blow and that's why eventually when you blow married and everything you forget god because you never loved him you only used him but god says seek me is a seek first the kingdom i am the kingdom seek first the kingdom and it's righteousness and some of you can i be honest with you the reason why your miracle is today is that god is waiting for you to grow up so that you will begin to appreciate the giver not the gifts and you begin to prioritize the giver not the gifts and God says, you want your husband, get me first. God says, you want your husband, marry me first. God says, you want a wife, marry me first. God says, you want a job, drop me first. He says, sign up with my company first. God says, you want a business, I'm your business first. Oh my God. People that are extravagant in worship. And, that, and that's why it's painful today. You know why it's painful? Because a lot of people... Oh wow, just really think that I'm here to get something. Listen to me, I'm not here to get something. 
I'm not even here for convenient Christianity. He's paid the biggest sacrifice. He died for me. There's nothing I can do that can pay that back. Don't you understand? The life I live is not mine. It's mortgaged. When he died, he took my place. The life I live is his own life. I don't live unto myself. I live unto him. So, my future, my goal, and my ambition cannot just be about 100 million. Cannot just be about a car and about family. Hey, my vision and future must be about what he wants. Why? He must increase and I must decrease. And the balance is this. This is the balance I'm talking about. To do well on earth and be rich on earth. But can you be rich in eternal things? <laughs> he said, someone say, I have 50,000 followers on social media. How many are following to heaven? <laughs> Where are they following to? No way. No way. If they're your followers, why are they not going to heaven with you? I'm not, I'm not going to be concerned with all the people are doing. I'm going to be concerned with what Christ has asked me to do. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I made the decision many years ago. I am a follower of Jesus Christ in rain, in storm, in tough times. I will follow true and true and true. And I will take as many people as possible on this journey of following Christ. It's a bit difficult. It will not be all the people want. People will misunderstand me. Church will misunderstand me. But I've made up my mind. I am a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not in this for money. I'm not in this for a job. I'm not, listen to me, someone says, but you did that. I'm, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I make the biggest mistake and I apologize about that. But the thing is that if you see my heart, you see the heart of someone that wants to follow Christ. My heart is after him and that's all that matters. Even though he slays me, yet will I praise him. As the dear panted for the one to show my soul, longeth after the Lord. The best part of my life is not the pulpit. The best part of my life is when I'm in my secret place with my lover. I'm with my Lord and I can go before him and cry before him and say here am I and you are fair I love you Jesus I honor you you are my all in all there is no one like you you are everything that matters that everything will fade but you will stay and people may not understand me but I really do not care I'm not trying to be politically correct I'm trying to be heavily correct And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. You are building too much for fire to consume in the future. Because the Bible says everything on earth will be consumed by fervent heat. Build for eternity. As I close, someone says, Okay, pastor, I want to build for eternity. It's by winning souls. But the king is in, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to say. There are just four things you need to do to know about winning souls. Can I have my flower pot? Just four things you need to know about winning souls. Just four things you need to know. In John chapter 4, Jesus creates a very powerful example. And this is what he said. Jesus gave us a style of, you know, of what it means to win. So let me just show you John chapter 4. Let me show you quickly. And you must be concerned. From this message, you must begin to have a list in your mind. You must begin to have a list in your mind. You must begin to have a list in your mind and say, Satan, use me. You, you told me yourself. All the girls, 
Now that you're in Christ, let God use you. Some of you, you used to organize some party. You, you organized party. You were the one that used to put the weed in the brownie. You used to put the weed in the punch. You were the one that used to distribute the corruption money in the whole office. You are the one that used to organize the orgy, the, the, the threesome, the foursome. Or you don't want to record the video. Now you are born again. You can't record in church. Your video can only record sin. Let your video record righteousness. Let your video record what? Righteousness. Post righteousness. When they needed a girl. Hello? Suko. You there? Alpha. And now. Check in. How many? Two. Spec. Uh, slim. Slim and pointed. What are you doing for God now? What are you doing for God now? John chapter 4. Someone say, Lord, use me. Someone say, Lord, use me. I'm really hoping that you will become balanced. That it will not just be about wearing all this, you know, native clothes that makes you know that we're a very rich man. That heaven will know you will be rich in heaven. It's not about having physical children. You will have spiritual children. Spiritual children that God will take, name them after you. John chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 4, and Jesus said say this, he must need go to Samaria. Why must he need go to Samaria? Why must he need go to Samaria? Read the rest of the story. The reason why was that he was going to be at a well where he was going to meet a woman that was a prostitute, like sleeping around. And he said, whatever it takes, I must need go to Samaria. Four steps towards winning souls. The first one. Soul winning is like planting a seed. Like planting a seed. So when you want to plant a seed, look at this. This is a fully grown flower right now. When we plant a seed, you know the first thing we do? We begin to walk on the soil. We begin to walk on the soil. The first thing if you want to win someone to Christ is this. You need to walk on the soil. Don't preach yet. What is walking on the soil? Praying for them. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's three things walking the soil. The first thing is praying for them. The second thing is being sent to the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is building and engaging relationship with them. What does that mean? Don't just come and say the Bible says. Make them your friends. Build a relationship. If they like to talk about asna, talk about asna. If they like to talk about finance, talk about finance. Because you are building a relationship. Listen to me. It's difficult for people to listen to you if they don't know and trust you. True or false? True. So Jesus Christ went to Samaria. So you know what he did? He went to the well. And let me say something to you. A lot of you need to find a way to keep in touch with that not born again. Because the more born again you are, the more you lose your born again friends. You need to find a way to keep in touch with them. So Jesus Christ went. You know... Just because he went to the well. You know why he went to the well? He knew the man was coming there. He knew where the people gather. The people that are not followers of Christ. He was there. And when he was there, the man came. Just because he did not say, I want to preach to you. No, he didn't say so. He told the woman. The woman came and says, hey, um, will you give me water to drink? Why did he say water? Because what they had in common was that the woman came to fetch water. He says, give me water to drink. Question, what do you have in common with people that are far from Christ? Football money crypto community building real estate fashion 
whatever it is, start the conversation from there. Start the conversation from there and say, give me water to drink. And when you give me water to drink, the, the girl, you know, the woman really was, she, she's, I mean, the woman is intelligent. She was like, he <laughs> says, first of all, the Jews don't talk to the Gentiles. They were like, two I don't talk. So like, how can you be a Jew? Ask me a Gentile for water. If you want another kind of water, tell me the water you want. Tell me the water you want. You know, <laughs> and Jesus Christ said, uh, well, I appreciate, but you know, give me water. And she said, okay, okay, okay. And, and he said, and he, and he said um, if you know what's talking to you, you'll ask him to give you the well of water. Uh -uh. The lady said, uh -uh, sea lines. Sea lines. She was, she was chopping it. And I said, ah, if you are that powerful, oh, the man that has no bucket, please give me this living water so I will not come and fetch water again. And then Jesus Christ, it was just Jesus Christ was first tilling the ground. He was bonding, bonding. Jesus Christ left water and just said, okay, why not go and call your husband? And she was like, uh, well, <laughs> don't bond the cable now. Just ask me direct, are you dating or not? So the woman answered like every all of us will answer. Go and call your husband. She said, mm, it's complicated, but I'm a single. That's all she said. She said, it's complicated because she said that um, I'm with nobody. And Jesus Christ looked at her. Then instantly the prophetic kicked in. Jesus Christ said, mm, you're right because you've had five husbands and the guy you are shagging right now, you're not married to him. And the man go, I said, then I head open. He said, oh wow. I perceive you're a prophet. And that's how you win people to Christ. How do you win people to Christ? You start from a natural conversation and move it to what? A spiritual conversation. We, we start by talking about churrasco, all the nice restaurants. That's how, is that what they do on Instagram? What do they do on Instagram? On Instagram, you know what they do? When they want to like you, it's like liking your pictures, liking it, liking it, liking it. Then what happens next? They start commenting, commenting, commenting. Then once you start liking their comments, they slide into. Give, give her the microphone. She knows the process. <laughs> give her the microphone. She knows the process. Yeah, give, yeah, tell, yeah. She knows the process. Yeah. T tell me, t tell me what they do. It's on. Just speak. Just speak. They slide into your DM. What do they start with? Hi, pretty. No, no, no. Before, before hi, they like your pictures, right? They first, like your pictures. First one is like your pictures. Yes. First two, they start commenting. commenting. First three, what? They slide into your DM. And, and when it's actually, you start chatting on the DM, yes, then what? Sir. First four is what? If you give like me, them back, you yeah. reply. But if you don't like you, If you like them back, then give me your what? <laughs> give me what? Your, your WhatsApp number. Yes, then after WhatsApp number, what did they ask for again? Copy. Look at the evangelism process. <laughs> That's a total evangelism. So, so the first thing is that they, they begin to like and like and like and like. And when they start liking and commenting, you need to go and check their profile. Because all of you are busy tilling each other's soil. You are busy tilling the soil. So the first step is that you till the soil. The second step is that you now plant. Plant is when you share a story like, oh my God. Like, give you on the, give, give you on the microphone. You know, you shared a story that, you know, there was a year in your life, almost 100 girls went through your hands and, and you were very wild with ladies at that time. 
you hold the microphone close to your mouth, yeah? Yeah. To the glory of God, there's nothing to be ashamed about. That was the old you. This is the new you right now. One? Yes, sir. So you were very wild with the ladies. You told me one time that this way, I mean, because phenomenal, I mean, close to me, you told me one time that he went to the club and he made this girl get her club. That's after I met this girl at a club. And when he met this girl at a club, they were like, hey, come to my place. And they were trying to rap her. The girl said, can't you remember me? You've slept with me before now. Yeah. They said, no. They said, no. He said, no. This is your house. And describe the whole house to her. And they're like, really? But that's because that year, almost 150 girls went through his, his corridor. But see what the Lord has done with this guy right now. So, so who else can share that beautiful salvation? So you'll be like, you'll be like, ah. Phenom, like 150 girls went. <laughs> How much weed were you doing in a day? Just hold them again. Yeah? Seven sticks. Right? Seven sticks, full sticks, right? In one sitting. Yeah. One? In one sitting. Seven sticks in one sitting. Because some of you think you can do weed. <laughs> and how many sitting in a day? Can't count. About 10 sometimes. I couldn't count. What? I just kept on going. You just keep going. Yeah. And, and the reason why is that, you know, there's a way people that are, that are far from Christ always feel as if my sins are too much. You will use this as one to brag. I said, what if your sin is too much? What can the blood wash away? Yes. What are you doing? You're planting. You send them an NLP video of a testimony. See what the Lord has done. You're planting. So the first thing is that you're tilling the ground. Second is the plants. And the third one is the nurturing. Is the watering and nurturing. What's watching and nurturing? You keep building up, building up, building up. And the last, when you keep building up, is at that stage you begin to answer their questions. Because some of them was like, ah, no, 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 no. Hey, how can God forgive me? Do you know that I've, had, I've done abortion seven times? It's a small deal for God. Don't say, when I say, I've done abortion, they say, hey, you, hey, my God. Even God will struggle to forgive you. One time, one time I was trying to preach to a girl and said, God cannot forgive me. I said, why? He said, I killed the baby. And I pretended I didn't kill the baby. And I looked at her in the eye and I said, there's nothing that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot wash away. And that's the power of God's love. That's the power of God's grace. I mean, when I look at people like Phenom, I see God's grace amazing grace like reckless grace like reckless some of you your story is worse i just know him i know you've done more but that's good grace so the first thing you, you water how do you water by building on what you've done and by answering that question begin to say um so you know but there's a guy in my office he speaks in tongues, speaks 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 but he speaks all the girls in our office how can i be born again because they cannot understand how you are speaking in tongues and you're doing that you now begin to explain because they have all these questions. You'll be like, how can a loving God send people to hell? He begins to explain because they have all these questions. He said, but I don't like church. He said, that's okay. Because at, at the question stage, you're not really about arguing with them. You're just about creating the pathway for them to make a decision. The woman at the well told Jesus Christ, okay, the Jews said he must worship in the temple. We said in the mountain. Jesus Christ said, leave that one. Don't worry about mountain and temple. Receive the one that is here. And the last phase is this. So there's the tilling the, tilling the ground planting what's the third phase watching and nurturing and the fourth phase is what the harvest the harvest is when you call them to a decision and say okay come to church on sunday with me 
The problem with evangelism is, is and I want to what the problem is. Most of you think this form must happen at the same time. Most of the time, it's not so. What Phenom has a microphone, does it say have it? How did you give your life to Christ, Phenom? You don't have the microphone. Did it fall happen at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was my girlfriend at the time that took me to church. Yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, my mom used to mention church. Did you see all the planting? Mm. His girlfriend his mom was the first planter planted. Then your girlfriend also planted. Yeah, my brother. But you were sleeping with the girlfriend that planted, right? That yeah, time. time. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, yeah. I'm just telling you how God can even use imperfect people to plant. Because you're the one that thinks you must be a saint. God can use you anyhow. Continue. Yeah, my brother as well. Then my girl. Your, bro- your brother planted? Yeah, they were always telling me to go to church. Still. Yeah. Then when did you eventually go to church? Um, one day. What happened that day? The message was, it was like the pastor was talking to me. Wow. Yeah. Was that the day he gave you a letter to Christ? So you went back and thought about it? I think that was, that was the day I gave my letter. That's the idea. So you see? There's been a lot of telling the hearts, planting, watering, went to church, and that was it. You know, I had, you know, I had a friend. I had a friend. Ooh, his name is Kule. I was trying to get him born again. In fact, this morning, there's a guy I'm trying to get born again. I've been speaking to him for six months, six months since last year, September. I don't know if it's more than six months now. It's more than six months. So 4 a.m. this morning, I had to call him to see if he's going to church or not. And he said, no, no, no. He said that, well, I've been to church once now. And that's fine. I've, I did, once in a year is okay. You know, I've done enough. And I don't feel bad. It's just where he is. Let me tell you what, it, what the basic I don't want to make. Uh, if this hole is what God gave you the opportunity to share the gospel with, the problem with born again is that walk with the hole you have. Born again is not here. They want to force it. And when you force it, you break the relationship. But if you keep the hole and you keep walking with that hole, walking, that hole is carrying what? Larger, larger, larger. So how do you, in a practical note, how, do how does this work? At work. Hey! Hi. Tell me your name again. Yeah. Hi. You, in the morning, you just say, hey, how are you? Good morning. And you just walk past. Good morning, Osi. Walk past. One day, you say, Osi, I don't even know your son's name. And you say, oh, my name is Osi Jonathan. Oh, Wow. What do you like to do? Well, I love to watch movies. Oh, wow. But I've been greeting us for the past two weeks. I've been toiling the ground. Now, I've built a conversation. So, after, you know, so I say, hey, also Jonathan. So, we're like, you know, one day we're like, ah, I, I bought you lunch. You bought a lunch? Well, you're so nice. Then one day, after buying lunch and all of those kind of things, she thinks I want to toast her because that's the way some people are wired. So, she's like, everything say, oh, hi. You're like, oh. But the thing is that, just make up your mind. I don't marry my, my evangelistic prospects because some of you get confused with that especially the young ones the single ones so eventually you're like um oh you send out a next level prayer flyer a testimony she's like oh wow so you do church you say well you can say it that way but i have a good relationship with jesus christ i'm a jesus follower i say oh, wow i respect that and she goes ah, so you don't you're like it's not about the do's or don't it's about following jesus because she wants to bring in a negative thing like that. You're like, and maybe one day you can even come into church when you're ready. And you're like, mm, I not to go to church. I have my own church. You say, that's okay. That's not the point. And just move on. My friend, I was doing that for one year. Then one day, when we're close, I will 
two times in a, in a week, I will, we'll go and eat together. And he told me, one day, hope you're not taking me to church to come and, hope you're not buying me food to come and get me born again. Though, because me, I'm not, I don't want to be born again at all. I said, I'm just buying you lunch. Enjoy it. Then after about some months, he said, you're even a wicked person. Hey, they call you pastor, pastor. You have never invited me to church before. The reason why is that it was at that point the heart opened. And I said, come to church. I, he came. I said, wow, it was really nice. It was really nice. It was really nice. Then, then he didn't come again. Then he, after the said, you didn't even invite me back. I said, was you being invited back? They invited back. Long and short, he got born again and became a pastor under one and a half years. Just planting, tolling the soil, planting, watering, and harvest. Let's pray. Stand on your feet.